Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Victoria Pelletier. Victoria has been a corporate executive and board director for over 20 years. She is someone who doesn't subscribe to the status quo, becoming one of the youngest chief operating officers at 24, a president by 35, and a CEO by age 41. Nicknamed the turnaround queen by former colleagues and employers, Victoria inspires and empowers her team and clients to change mindsets and drive growth in their business leadership and cultures. As a prolific motivational and inspirational speaker, Victoria has delivered keynotes discussing the importance of personal branding and its impact on professional growth, being an empathetic leader in empowering employees, the power of corporate cultures, and building a life of resilience. So, It's going to be a great conversation today. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Victoria, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeff. I'm happy to be here. So there are a lot of accolades in that. You've done so many things and you have this great background and I saw a couple of your speaking reels and it's like, oh my God, I have Victoria on the show with me. So I'm total fanboying over here. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what makes you so amazing. Thank you. Although as you read out my bio, Jeff, I realized I feel really, really old, particularly when you say I've been doing it for this many years. And it is true. I became a COO at age 24. Desire was to be a lawyer, but I found myself working in the corporate environment while I was in university and got promoted quite quickly through the ranks and realized I loved that world, the dynamics of serving multiple constituents. Uh, I've been in B2B predominantly, so having a client to serve and then their customers or their employees and being a leader myself. And so I never went to law school and I moved cross country after the um, my first employer relocated me and never really looked back, nor do I ever lead a life of, of any kind of regret anyways, always looking forward. And it's been progressive, more and more challenge for myself. I feel like you're not growing if you're not leaning into the things that make you really uncomfortable. Without that discomfort, that challenge and growth won't come. And so I've been a part of things like 18 mergers and acquisitions in my career. The turnaround queen comes in large part because I've led a lot of the corporate restructuring that comes with those or through taking distressed business units or markets of companies to try and turn them around to become more profitable. But what I will tell you, one of the things I am most proud about is the fact that I am have been maniacally focused as a human-centered leader and around building the right kind of culture and environment that other people want to work within. 
some of the metrics I've put on the board, if you will, that I'm most proud of are things like leading the most, you know, diverse and inclusive team in some of the large Fortune 500 companies that I work for globally, or quite frankly, the fact that I've built a really strong followership in the team members that I've led. And some of that journey has come because I made mistakes along the way. I didn't always do it right. And that's kind of been my mantra also as to, I'm an avid people watcher and observing those that aren't leading or doing things in the way that I believe are aligned to my values and ethics, or just again, the kind of good humans that I want to work with. So I try and do everything opposite to those. To here I am today, as you said, I spend a lot of my time doing public speaking in addition to my corporate day job on branding, which is one of the things I attribute a lot of my career success to, as well as leadership um, leadership and culture, diversity and inclusion. What really interests me about what you're describing is that you are very much cultivating this personal brand of who you are and why you're great and, you know, how you are known in your markets, right? But you're doing that still within a corporate environment, right? And one of the things I found, and I'm just going to raise my hand here, is that, you know, when I was working in corporate, I was moving up the ranks, I would be... I felt like I was losing some of my individuality. You know, like I would read about all this stuff about personal branding. I I would just devour anything I could get my hands on. But I didn't feel that it clicked. I didn't feel that, well, wait a second, that's for unemployed coaches and speakers and things like that. You know, those kind of consultants, you know, which we used to call another word for, you know, for unemployed people, right? And what happens is, you know, I think a lot of that is shifting, right? Particularly because a lot of us have these 4K recording devices in the palm of our hands now. We have the tools to quickly and efficiently churn out content. How do you feel that that personal branding fits into your corporate persona? And do you feel that the corporate environment is sort of constricting in that regard? Or is it something that allows you to blossom as well? I've seen it evolve and change, Jeff, over time. In fact, I worked for one CEO. I was the his senior vice president of sales, service, pretty much everything client facing, including all delivery. And I remember he challenged me at one point, given some of the kind of business lunches I was having in cultivating new relationships. And I said, I remember telling him, and he'd grown up through the business. His business had been acquired to become the CEO ultimately of this large group of companies. And he, he didn't have to work in that. He was in a business to consumer business that, that flourished and, and was acquired. And I said for, you know, to him, this is, I am more than my job title in the company that we work for. I said, you know, Victoria Peltier said the brand people at the end of the day, do business with people they like and they trust and they want to do business with. And so I'm establishing this trusted relationship with someone that hopefully then will buy our services. And, and it was a challenge for him to understand that he didn't. So I I've gone from that evolution. That was maybe 15 years ago to now where I'm seeing more and more companies are embracing this for a multitude of reasons. And again, I said, most of my career has been, been in B2B, some, some B2C, but in B2B in the companies I worked for at the end of the day, there'll be RFPs that go out and procurement is evaluating based upon oftentimes, not only the quality of the product or service that's being delivered, but price. But we know that the people buying the services, not the procurement teams are making decisions again, based upon trust in relationship. And in some instances that will have been cultivated over a relationship they've built with the individuals leading those teams or businesses over a period of time, in some cases, many years. 
but in others it's short and all you can do is leverage what you can find out about people and our digital presence has become that much more important. And I think about during COVID times in particular, all we were staring at was these square boxes from one another. And so I'm seeing companies like when I was at IBM, I actually became their number one social seller worldwide as ranked by LinkedIn. And they'd asked me, how can you help the rest of our executives help build a program to help them build their brand? Because at the end of the day, as much as our clients are buying technology and the consultants who might consult or implement those, they're buying the individual as well. Let's dig into that a little bit because, you know, personal branding and networking, you know, whether you're working from your home office or whether you have to drive into the city, you know, in order to get that done or you're on a plane all the time. I mean, these are all things that, you know, we have to live with. But at the same time, there are ways to cultivate this. There are ways in order to make this happen. And this isn't just about, well, I'm going to post two times a day on LinkedIn versus the other guy who does two times a week. There's more to it than that. How do you help coach people understand those differences between, it's not just about the quantity of the kind of content that you're putting out, but also the quality and why the image and the branding and the content is so important as it mixes together. Yes. And when I'm coaching people on this, I talk around the need for building the whole view. The personal brand is not just your job title and the company that you work for, or even the pure subject matter expertise. And I'm one company I work for referred to it as the eminence. And so eminence is the subject matter expertise for which you are known. Let's call it you're a data scientist or or there's an industry you know exceptionally well. You've been deep in financial services or healthcare. That's just one slice of it. So my coaching to others is to build a holistic brand that represents who you are. I say I am the CEO of Victoria Peltier. And so I control the narrative that others will hear about me. It's if you don't, otherwise people are making it up for you. What people say about you when you're not in the room. And that's still going to happen. Don't get me wrong, because personal brand is born upon reputation, you know, and that will come from the experience that people have with you. But I want people to bring their whole selves to that. So in the business world, people, when you can buy equal products or services will make a price decision, but they might also make one based upon values and alignment and connection. We've again, seen that ratchet up dramatically over COVID. We're seeing consumers buying from companies and employees want to work for companies that are aligned with their own purpose, their own missions and values. And so we need to show up very differently. So that's the biggest shift. And many people are find it are incredibly uncomfortable with that. What do I want to put out there publicly? And that needs to be, who am I as a whole person? What values do I stand for? Me as a leader, who am I as a leader? And what, you know, why would people want to work with me? But also, what are the things, we t- you said networking. What are the reasons that's going to build that initial spark or connection with someone? Do we have children? Are we, you know, do we have fur babies at home? You know, are we, you know, avid sports fans? Whatever it is, all of that breeds connection. And that's the part that needs to come out more than, as you said, posting twice a day over something related to our day job. Thank you so much for sharing that. I wanted to dig a little bit deeper, though, and how much the corporate environment or the, you know, basically the company you're working for influences that because you have some corporations that are just like, you know, let's just call them, the you know, the ones that don't wear suits and the ones that do. Right. Some are just really, really stodgy and they have a whole 
you know, they have a whole way that they want you to look and act and, you know, and portray those values and others just want you to move fast, break things. I know I'm quoting Facebook, you know, (laughs) you know, but you want to make sure that you're in an environment that allows you to grow like that. Like, how do you help navigate, you know, those different types of environments then if it sounds to me like you would have these external pressures to like, you have to be very careful about what you talk about versus, yeah, let's just go and put this thing out and see what happens. You're right, Jeff. And there, it is tricky because there are corporate guidelines around what can be stated publicly. So you'll see on, you know, my LinkedIn or on my Twitter, very clear. And it's stated there for my employers in particular, these, you know, any opinions shared are my own and are not necessarily reflective, you know, of my employer. And so that's that fine line. But there's also a difference between a strong personal brand and sharing opinions alone. And so my brand, much of which you could correlate to what you might assume my views on certain topics are, but not necessarily. And so I think that's where there's some education for those companies, whether it's suits or not, although I am seeing that suited companies recognizing how important it is to have employees that become their social influencers, quite frankly, to build that right kind of education for them and demonstrate how they should be showing up as experts, but also, again, what I refer to as the unique value proposition of that individual. Again, why do people want to do business with, buy from, or work for those individuals? And so it's creating strong education, but also the boundaries in terms of what's acceptable or not, and so that it doesn't um, negatively potentially impact the companies who are supporting it. Let's take this discussion just a little bit further. I don't want to get political because... This is not a political thing, right? But, you know, with everyone running so scared about cancel culture, right? Saying the wrong thing, being caught on a hot mic, saying something that that goes against company values. Those are all valid fears that many, many people live with as they're trying to navigate this. And it gets trickier and trickier, you know, just based on the prevailing climate of where we are, whether, you know, whether that election cycle or this election cycle, you know, things like that, just to use the political standpoint as a, uh, you know, as a base of reference. What advice would you give to someone who is keen to toe the line, but at the same time, doesn't want to feel stifled and doesn't want to feel held back by some perceived values? Like, will this get me in trouble? Will this not get me in trouble? How do you help people navigate that? Well, understand the platform in which the audience that are the buyers of the company's products and services where they reside. So for me, you know, I'm cautious over, you know, what I would put potentially on LinkedIn versus, you know, what I have on Facebook. I have two different profiles. There's my personal profile that's incredibly locked down and only friends are on it. And I'm sure I'm posting inappropriate um, workout tank tops and pictures of my dogs and my kids that I don't choose to put on LinkedIn. So again, it's more around audience. So that, you know, is certainly one piece. But the other thing you said, really important, Jeff, like, how do you know? And if you're questioning it, I, I tend to think if you're questioning whether it's appropriate or not, then that's when you don't post it or you seek secondary advice. And again, I think that personal brand isn't about the politics, you know, for, you know, I would describe it again, what's the unique value proposition of, you know, in my case, CEO brand, uh, Victoria Peltier. And that is, yes, what I do for work. Here's the passions, projects, 
in organizations that I'm in, you know, involved in that align to who I am as a human, the things that I advocate for, and then why I'm different as a leader, a client partner, et cetera. I don't need to post whom I'm contributing politically to. Again, people can probably, you know, I, I speak out on LGBT rights and on diversity and inclusion. And so you can probably guess, you know, what my leanings are. But again, that's not going to change who I am fundamentally from a brand perspective. So that's where I'd say there's this, this cautionary line around the audience for those that are buying from your corporate employer. Second, if you're questioning it, then it's potentially a no-go and you're going to want to seek you know, some advice around that and stick to the, the brand versus kind of the pure opinion piece. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's something that I try to share with my kids who are now in college and they're also you know, dealing with these issues now. Is that picture I posted at a party going to come back and haunt me, you know, at some point? And they are asking me these questions, right? Because, you know, they're very, they're very driven and they want to make sure that I want every single opportunity I can get. And I don't want to be held back because of some, something stupid I did five years ago, you know, so I can definitely feel that. Yeah. And I think on that, I'd say Jeff too, I mean, but that's where, you know, there is our, our presence online, even if you're mindful of the audience can come back. And I think I was asked to come in and speak to corporate um, employee group post some of the really horrific events are from around Club Q. And it was uh, an organization where a lot of their employee population was LGBTQ. And some of the leaders in their organization, although as were LGBTQ themselves, but had made some political contributions or done different things that led people to think and again, draw some of the conclusions around what their values and what they really supported were. And so much like you, that's the advice I give to my own children who are college age as well as to be really mindful of that. Or even when I made them do their DNA tests, like I'm, you're in there forever, guys. I'm like, you just know that you're going to be tracked down. And so just be really cautious. It's going to live out there forever. I love it. Uh, Victoria, thank you so much for sharing that. Can you please let everyone know where they can find out more about you online and how they can reach out to you directly? Absolutely. So I do have a personal website, which is victoria-piltier.com. And it'll take you out to all of my other social platforms. My youngest does tell me I'm not really cool because I'm not on all of them. But I am also on LinkedIn, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for those who, uh, who seek to find and connect with me there. I love it. Victoria, thank you for joining me today. It's been a lot of fun. I love talking about this stuff. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about this with the audience. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. 
And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.